Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's in this league. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Come again with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Can't wait. What does that do? Did that blow your mind? That just happened. Like pitching, like each pitch can have a value to it's it. It's going to be more easy to find that formula or the KFC or the spice. <laughs> Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa will be easier yeah. to find than that. If I all the taste in Dr. Pepper before you're going to find that. So. But what what is unique about this is like if you're looking at percentiles, Bogman did kind of a ranking thing. All three of these guys were in like the top 10 percentile of um, hit or run value for, you know, just obviously just whether it's them or guys are on base, like they're scoring guys. It's all red. But Matt Olson against fastballs had a 23 run value against fastballs He's one of the most devastating fastball hitters out here and guess what he only struggled i believe in one area which was sliders sliders in 2022 he hit just 189 it was the second most seen pitch at 18 percent in 2023, he hit 267 against sliders. And check this out. His slugging went from 385 in 2022 to 619 against. You just couldn't beat him because he wasn't making his bad decisions. Better. He, he was, was just so better. good. He walked more this year than ever before and a higher percentage. And he had his second lowest K percentage ever. He was just in uh, his lowest was 2020 uh, during COVID. So uh, look, he just, he's just a better player this year, his second year in, uh, Atlanta. And he has played in 162, two years in a row. Yeah. So you're getting stability and possibly him peaking cause he's 29. So this is when, you know, it's, it, it depends on hitters, but between 25 and 29 is when most guys peak. So he's kind of walking into his best years right now too. It, so. it, it, it's a rank great. conversation. I think there's argument of Matt Olson being at the tippy top. I believe the Braves were either number one or it was one or two in runs scored. They were one. And, okay, they were one. If you are of, of the mind that you're going to value the elite power numbers over stolen bases this year, that can negate the stolen bases that Freddie Freeman gives you. Then what you're doing is you're getting to a bigger conversation about batting average. You know, Freddie's not hitting under 300. You see a world where Matt Olson get hit down to 260. And if he hits 260, 
you could still easily have second round value to recoup, but those are the arguments you're making. If he were to hit 280 again with 54 homers versus what Freddie Freeman did, I will take Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman. And I love Freddie Freeman. I will take those elite, the elite elite power, which we're chasing. There's an argument, but that is a different rank conversation. That is the top tier, top 20, three first basemen in the top 20. So get that in your brains, but that is not it. So we move on to the next tier, quote unquote tier, which are first basemen that essentially show up 25 to 50. And there's three more. And this is kind of rounding out, I think, like that was the elite tier. And this is tier tier two or two A, I guess it would be, if you're trying to jump into the first base market. And it probably starts with Pete Alonso. So Pete Alonso, categorically 46 homers, 118 RBIs, which is phenomenal. 92 runs is great, but he hit 217, 217 with a 318 OBP. So he killed himself in OBP leagues. Batting average was an absolute sink. So what do you got on uh, Pete Alonso? Well, I mean, look, uh, it's it's the batting average stuff, right? Um, 20th in max EV. We know the powers there. 28th in barrels per plays uh, appearance. He can hit the long ball, 46. We know that. It's the, can you put up with this 217? And I think that I don't really want to do it. it and it, he's going to end up most likely somewhere else. He's a big name that has been rumored in, um, you know, trade talks and stuff like that. So there is a possibility that the Mets go ahead and move him and spend his money elsewhere. Wouldn't be shocking to see. I kind of would like surprised if it happened, but I'd be surprised too, but it wouldn't be shocking. You know, it wouldn't be like, Whoa, uh, Pete Alonso got moved. It'd be an enormous deal, but it's been already been kicked around. So I I wouldn't doubt it, but I don't know, man, like a two seventeen, I don't really want to buy two seventeen. If that's what it can sink down to, I wouldn't expect him to do it two years in a row. What did he hit last year or in, uh, 22? I mean, um, Uh, here it is a two seventy one. So his, he's a career 250 hit. So, but one thing I want to mention, which I think is interesting about him was um, the BABIP because the BABIP was the, by far the lowest, I think of his career. He 205. Had a 205 BABIP where he's a career 259 BABIP. And the prior two years he had run in the mid two seventies. And this comes back as well to, um, this is a bad, his XBA was actually the second lowest of his career, um, but it's 244. So that's still, that's about 25 points higher than what he hit this past year. So that that's something to kind of sit on. And both halves of the season were, this is a crazy one. Both halves of this season, first and second half, were two of the three lowest halves of Babbitt he's had in his t- entire career. He had one where he was like, a BABIP of 186 in like 2018 or something like that in the first half or 19 or something. But he has never had a season where both BABIPs were this low because I just told you both halves represent two of the three worst of his career. So this was like a worst case scenario. And what I think is interesting about it, under worst case scenario, he still put up mind bog second most homers of his career. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In this league. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. Full shirt. Holy mother forking shirt boss. I think it's second or third most RBI, 92 runs. If you didn't look at the batting average and you just looked at the main counting stats, you would go, holy crap, that's a first round player. But this comes back, it's kind of Kyle Schwarber-esque of like, all right, how much can you do with this batting average? So it leads a major question in, but I think the takeaway you can have with Pete Alonso is there's elite counting stats and there is a big, there's a big asterisk of BABIP, which is so dramatically career low that if it stabilizes, what can you, what could you do with a 240 Pete Alonso? Does that get it back for you? And I think that's where projections are as well. I'll look. And over the last couple of years, you know, Matt Olson and Alonzo were very similar. But the problem is, is Olson got better, Alonzo got worse. That's the separator. And I would say between these three guys versus the top tier, Alonzo, uh, Vlad Jr., and Bellinger versus Freeman, Harper, and Olson, is you can poke a hole in Alonzo's game and Vlad's game and Bellinger's game, all of them. There's not many holes to poke between Freeman, Harper, and Olson. If you want, Maybe Olsen with the career batting average, maybe Harper with the injury. There's nothing against Freddie at all. So, uh, yeah, I think this is that there's smaller flaws that could potentially be exposed in these guys. Still not a lot of flaws. So they're still very good players. Yeah. And uh, 250 projected batting average. I just want to throw that out as again, it's not ranks here, but 250 projected average for Pete Alonso. So what I'm pointing back out is this is storytelling because he had hit at least 260 for two straight years. BABIP incredibly, I mean, it really it was almost 40 points lower than it had ever been in any single season as well, that when you take the three-year window, projections actually almost put him at the same numbers, but with a 250 batting average. So take that for what it's worth, especially when you look at ADPs though, you're not getting a big discount. He's actually more expensive than Vlad and only 10 also, spots lower than Matt Olson, which is uh, another reason why I just don't, uh, I'm not so excited about Pete Alonso is you would think that this, you know, BAPIP thing would have shifted at some point. It's a long season. He had 257 in April and then he didn't hit above 228 in any month for the rest of the season. So I don't know, like I do expect him to hit better. Like you said, his XBA was in the two forties. 
His career is right around 250. I expect him to hit better, but how much better? Is it going to be up to 230, or is it going to be closer to 250? That's a wide enough range, and this is a high enough cost for me to go. I probably won't have many shares of Peter, uh, Alonso at where he's going right now. If he falls, yes, right now uh, a top two-round player, I'm not going to be taking Yeah, though the argument I'd say is, is is how much will people care about the elite power numbers? Because if you want elite power numbers, yeah. he's staring you in the face. That's what he has. And there's a story that says he should be higher. It's just the cost doesn't give you a whole bunch of value. There is actually more value on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. There are camps that are building on what side they live with. 26 homers, 94 RBI. That's the good. 264, 78 runs. That's eh. Uh, OBP was okay. He did steal a few bases. He played a full season, which is great. But home road splits have been a big conversation, whether talking about this year or that big 2021 season that he gets compared against. And what were the home road splits this past year? 51 points, man. 283, uh, excuse me, 238 at home and 289 on the road. So uh, 51 point difference hitting on the road. uh, It's not great. So, and and I feel like I'm the only one that's lukewarm on Vlad. I don't like. Oh, well, you think everybody's like either in or out. I feel you just were talking about people. There are camps forming. Well, here, uh, here, I'm going to give you a few things because I am. And I said this during the first pitch conference. Uh, I think this was on rates and barrels, I think, because I did two podcasts and we were talking about um, players were in on. Maybe this is actually CBS now that I'm thinking about it. And oh, no, it was. It was CBS because we were talking about hard to rank players. And I'm going to just read you a few of the things that I have uh, that are going to be in the black book on Vlad, because those numbers were all pretty overwhelming. And overall, he's being compared to the 2021 season. But Vlad's underlying stats support a much better than uh, better year than what he just put up. So the batting average, 264, one of the best differentials from batting average to a higher XBA in baseball, as Vlad had a 291 expected batting average, which is the second highest of his career. His XBA, 291, the first, 2021. So this is closer to that year. The hard hit numbers in general just aren't in question. He had a 92.1 average exit velocity, which was in the top nine percentile. So looking at 2021, that success that he had actually had a lot to do with fastballs and then how the league changed against him. So in 2021, he hit 385 against four-seam fastballs at a 31.5% usage rate. So that's like how many were being thrown at him. He had an absurd 808 slugging. Kanye West here, 808. 808 slugging against fastballs. The following year, Boggs, pitchers dropped the fastball usage down six and a half percent, only 25% forcing fastballs. This then went up a little bit in t- 2023, which again, the underlying numbers are closer to 2021. He's becoming a more selective hitter who's trying to get himself back into fastball counts. And that is how he rakes. So all I'm saying in all of this is like, he has been adjusting for two years against where the league is at him. He's becoming more patient. And I believe he's working himself into counts that benefit him that didn't happen in a kind of unluckyish way this past year but when i look at all of that and you see a crazy supportive underlying metric i tend to want are you to, trying to tell me there's meat on the bone welsh without using your saying there's meat on the bone i want to say that like he just continues to become a good hitter and everything is pointing in the direction that 
it's going to take very little for him to get there with big hard hit numbers. Well, that I actually see 91 also. That's what I said. It's, it's, yeah. It was one of the highest in baseball. I look at that and I go, I understand the wildly aggressive projections that are put on him this year. And you look at the ADP again, that's a, this is a rank conversation, but it's 35. It's the lowest you've had to pay for Vlad probably since his like rookie year. And it is a very piss poor season he had, but the, all of this is to say the underlying metrics tell a completely different story. So you got to figure out, is this new third round cost worthwhile buying into a guy who has underperformed all but one year? And that's a big question for people, uh, but underlying and actual counting stats are battling each other. And I think that's why like a lot of people are struggling. Yeah. And I don't struggle with it. I would, I'm going to take Vlad over Alonso. Uh, Same that, that that's going to be uh, how that works for me. I understand uh, power numbers for Alonzo are absurd, but I don't think it would take that much for Vlad to jump up to that spot. So like we said, 291 XBA well above what he actually hit last year. So yeah, I mean, in this scenario and especially in this tier, that's the guy, if I'm pushing another guy up into that top tier, it's Vlad. It's not Alonzo. Yeah. And, and really, the the last guy to throw in here, what what is so uniquely different from, I think, Vlad to these other two, even though Cody Bellinger just hit 300, is Vlad is a is an analytic supported low risk batting average type of player, even though he hit 264. Bellinger's really not that because he's just so up and down. Bellinger just hit 307, 26 homers, 20 stolen bases, 95 run, 97 RBI. Had a 356 OBP, which is good for him. A 881 OPS, which is better than everybody in this tier and is close to Bryce Harper's. The problem with him is he's such an outlier and his hard hit numbers dropped. And that seems like a warning sign because hard hit numbers can tend to carry some struggles. 403 qualified uh, players in the hard hit percentage on Savant. And he was 345. It's not good. It's not, it's not, that's not great. So we don't know his destination. Projections are giving him a huge benefit of the doubt and waiting this this year. But I don't remember seeing such a dramatic change in a player than with Cody Bellinger. I mean, Cody Bellinger. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at Fidelity.com slash Active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus and offerings circular or if available a summary prospectus containing this information read it carefully while active etfs offer the potential to outperform an index these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive etfs fidelity brokerage services llc member nyse sipc reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, in this league. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Not me. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Me. Not me. Dropped his barrel percentage to a very underwhelming. I mean, positionally, 6.1% barrel percentage is one of the lowest qualified. Is one of the lowest of qualified first basemen out there. He also has one of the lowest hard hit percentage. Dropped 7% to 31.4%. Those two things don't equate very well, but yet he got on top of everything. He became a way more selective hitter. Bat speed must have worked. Decision-making obviously worked in his favor, and projections are just trying to meet the middle now. And you see like 270, 250 to 270 as a hitter. He stole bases. He just be, he, yes, he transformed himself, but what I actually think is he might have created a floor, which is nice about Cody Bellinger. But I would argue this. I don't know if that floor belongs in this territory. There is yeah. a gap difference ADP-wise between Bellinger and Vlad. Again, rank conversation. But he is kind of in this general vicinity because the next guy is a way bigger drop right. than Bellinger. It was kind of He might be in his own little tier. You know yeah. what I mean? Because uh, Pete Alonso and Vlad are going to 28 and 32. You know, when I did this a couple days ago, probably changed a little bit now. And then Bellinger was 48, so he's close to 50. And then, like you said, big step down to Goldie at 75. So he's kind of in his own spot here. But it really, I think which tier he ends up in for me is going to be really dependent on, obviously, where he lands. So um, if he goes somewhere with a great lineup, then he, he stick in this tier. But if he goes somewhere where I'm not really impressed or whatever, yeah probably with the goldies and uh, down to torque and that whole uh, range there. So I don't know. Great year here. I kind of don't want to pay for it though. I don't want to pay for the great year. And and I think um, for me, Bellinger's a little bit overrated as of now. Uh, Going into the third tier here, Paul Goldschmidt's the guy that falls down. We're getting into the seventies of ADP here. Goldie, 25 homers, 11 stolen bases, 89 runs, 80 RBI, 363 OBP, 268 average, quite a bit lower than what we've ever seen with Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, I do want to present this, though, something I found really, really interesting. He actually had the highest hard hit percentage of his career, 50.8. The second highest average exit velocity at 91.3 and the second highest barrel percentage at 12% since 2018 okay Uh, both of those by the way exit velocity average and barrel percentage second highest since 2018 his slug 447 ranked among 11th around first baseman which isn't great but uh, without giving you my whole read here this was something i found interesting because the baseline of what i'm going to tell you is goldie's underlying metrics actually still support him being a really good hitter regardless of the results one thing i found and i noticed was against the three baseline pitches like fastballs, um, fastballs, off speed, and breaking pitches, significant dip in launch angle. 
Like we're talking significant launch angle dip across the board. And that jumped out to me of being like, you know, you know, this seems like a bat speed type of thing. And he's getting older, 36 years old, because I, I think there's a camp of like, is he declining as a player? Well, funny enough, like later that day, he's working at driveline. I found out he's working at driveline and he was lit. And this was a confirmation to me, by the way, of feeling very good about my analysis of like, man, underlying stats are there. Hard hit numbers are some of the best he's ever had, but he's not getting on top of the ball. He's not hitting homers. They're not having that bad of a big of a quality contact. And I'm thinking this has to be a bat speed issue. He's literally at driveline right now. And he's doing a bat speed program. And I really wonder if, they will end up because there's a way there's a weighted barrel and a weighted grip they were using. And I wonder if you're going to see something along the lines of um, maybe a, a lighter bat for Paul Goldschmidt. So mm-hmm. he can maybe tap in to back into that bat speed. He's never been a home run hitter. He's not a launch angle type of guy. He's a devil's if guy. Yeah, you've ever watched sure. Goldie though. His He's approach enormous. is yeah. very upper cutty and how he does it. But if you're slightly behind, I think that can tell you a story of where the struggles are, regardless of hitting the ball really hard. And I got confirmation with that of him working at driveline. So that's just a piece for you to, to know is yes. Age decline is something to worry about, but Goldie's hard hit numbers and expected stats were a pretty big supporter of him. And he is at driveline right now working on a bat speed program. Also, as much as we both love Goldie and have respect for him, his batting stability is on level with Britney Spears and her mental stability. You know what I mean? Like what do you have that first uh, two months of the season a couple of years ago where he didn't have a homer and everyone was panicking and wanting to drop him and all that stuff. He also ended the year terribly um, uh, this year. He hit 209 in September. So mm-hmm. uh, he dropped. I, I do 50 point drops in. That's why I consider big splits. His was almost 40 from the first half to the second half. So not quite in my parameters, but he did drop off big, big time late in the season as well, which could have been an underlying injury. It could be this bat speed thing that you're talking about. His launch angle was also the lowest he's had in four years, just overall. So, you know, Goldie is for as stable and as great of a teammate as he is, he's as unstable as a hitter. He just has big streaks up and down. So. Uh, when you buy a Goldie ticket, you're on the ride. That's kind of what it is. And it's going to be a good ride at the end of the year, but you may be annoyed at how you get there with him every single year. Yeah, I, I think it's something to monitor. I think he might, uh, you know, there might be some value in there. The other guys that sit in this tier, Christian Walker, a little bit behind him in the 80s, 33 homers, 103 RBI, 11 stolen bases, 333 uh, OBP. Uh, you know, Everything is solid, except he had this really big decline. He hit under, I think it was the second half of like 248, which then moved into the postseason where he hit 217 and had a bunch of strikeouts, no quality of contact whatsoever. So I don't know what that was because the season as a whole is relatively supportive to Christian Walker just continuously being this guy. And for him to have another 30 home run season, and put up big RBIs on a team that scores a lot of runs. He stole 11 bases, which, you know, that's a little advantage of taking, uh, you know, taking part with the, the, the new base stealing between catchers and the bases being closer and that team in general, there's a benefit there, 
but something to monitor is that crazy like downtick essentially from like August on that carried all the way into the playoffs. And we'll have to see what that translates to, but you know, still a pretty great player. Yeah. Goal, goalies uh, always going to be number Christian one in my Walker. heart. Christian uh, Walker. It, well, Christian Walker, number one in my heart right now as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, all the stuff you mentioned, gold glove. I mean, just the, the only good piece of that goalie trade at all whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Steer, 271, 23 homers, 74 run, 86 RBI, 15 stolen bases. One thing I will note, he was inside the top 21 overall of expected home run losses in baseball. Not like the craziest thing with a Reds player. Um, yeah. You know, like you, you see that, but there are only two Reds players in that top 21. TJ Friedel's number one with a dramatic. It was an, a little over a three home run loss to Spencer Tier, which was expected. And he actually hit more homers on the road than he did at home. So, you know, a lot could be made about the home run splits, but in almost the same amount of games, he was uh, on the road and making a little bit more impact. But the power numbers are really not in agreement. Uh, some of the expected stats, they, they don't scream like big power hitter. He doesn't have some of the makings of like this big giant power hitter out there. So, you know, I think the projections are a little bit cautious about him. 37.1% hard hit rate. That's well below average at the position. And remember I told you, who the hell was it? A Bellinger 6.1% barrel rate. Mm-hmm. Spencer Steer was 6.7. So those right. guys kind of in the same general Do you range. think Steer belongs in this range or is this too high for him? Uh, I think he's in this general spot. He's quite a bit lower. See, we're getting into these weird tiers here because right. like, you have eight first basemen inside the top 100 of early NFBC. Spencer Steer represents the next guy out. I just don't know if he's a first baseman. And and, and I want to draft first baseman for big power. So And he, three days he ago, not. he was in. He was at 97. So Yeah, and, and he just moved out of it. Draft. Right. But now a more traditional home run hitter in the same tier, Tristan Casas, who's like right at Steer's ADP. He hit 263 with 24 homers, 66 runs, 65 RBI. And there are some big power number potential out of Tristan Casas this year. The batting average also kind of stabilized. Um, he hit 317 over his final 54 games. We also saw 15 of his 24 homers come in that period of time. He was ab- he was going absolutely nut. He cut his strikeout rate by uh, 3% from half to half. And he made this aggressive change in pulling the ball when he was struggling 44% pull rate in the first half. He just stopped. He kind of went Goldie Boggs 30% pull rate in the second half. And the ball just started traveling. And he's just one of those dudes, man, high barrel rate, 13.1%, 46.6 hard hit percentage. There's a lot to like about Tristan Casas and he represents more of a traditional first baseman. Yeah. And, you know, really figured out a guy that got hot, hot in the second half as well 235 uh, or 225 in the first half 317 in the second half and he finished off 414 obp and 617 slug so over a thousand ops in the second half so this is a guy that you know uh we expect maybe the lineup will get better in boston they're obviously spending a lot of money uh but even if it doesn't a guy that dropped in there and played really well in the second half so uh, a guy that i'm very willing to invest in the last one in this tier is Spencer Torkelson, another kind of traditional-ish uh, uh, first baseman who kind of ends the tier of like the top 125. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Why don't you punch me in the face? Punch me in the face! Hey, Derek, you know what's always good for shoulder pain? What? If you lick my... In this league. 31 homers after hitting 233, 88 runs, 94 RBI, had a 313 OBP. And as well on torque, he actually is pretty... I just want to point out, is pretty similar to... Uh, Christian Walker, if you look on some of the underlying stuff outside of the batting average, um, also pointing out barrel percentage, 14.1% was fifth best among first basemen. And when you look at the other four in barrel percentage, who are Matt Olson, Bryce Harper, Pete Alonzo, and weirdly Brandon Belt, only Olson had a higher hard hit percentage than Torkelson, who was at 50.9. And then you can slice off Olson. Because the player with the highest in-zone contact percentage of those big five is Spencer Torkelson. So, you know, if you can wrap your head around the batting average and maybe potential improvement, which, by the way, his expected batting average was 251. Um, he had significant increases in, like, barrel percentage, average exit velocity, hard hit, launch angle, ex-woba, and, like, many others. There's a decent amount to be excited about outside of the team context with Torkelson. And he's outside the top 100. Yeah, I mean, another guy that I'm more than willing to invest in uh, this year. I think the number is good as well. This is a guy that, you know, we obviously expect to take a decent jump here uh, as well. Big whiff numbers, but who cares? Um, the OBP could be better. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just like, just bring that average up a little bit. Hopefully he doesn't sink, but you could get similar numbers to, Pete Alonzo with batting average, obviously the power is not as prodigious, but 31 bombs in 159 games in his first go at it tells me there's a lot of thump there. So I yeah. would rather invest in him at his price than Alonzo uh, at his price as well. Yeah, that's interesting because I think he's a lot more reminiscent to Christian Walker. But if you believe in a lot of improvement, then yeah, you could go the way of P. Alonzo, you know, because th there's 250 average under the table for Torkelson. 
And that either just like is a better quality of contact or that equates to way more counting stats, whichever side, we don't know where that'll go. If it doesn't equate to a lot more counting stats, that's Christian Walker. If it does, it's Pete Alonzo and it's outside the top 100. I really, if you're chasing power, Costas and Torkelson are really interesting. Going into the next tier, I'm going to list off a bunch of the players and then Bogman, you throw some stats at us. This, this tier consists of guys from 130, just inside the top 200 of first baseman Christian Encarnacion Strand, who hit 270 in 63 games with 13 homers. Josh Naylor, who was really crazy, 121 games, had 97 RBI while hitting 300 ADP of right around 130. He also had 10 stolen bases, 17 homers, 10 stolen bases. Pretty impressive. Yandy Diaz, one of the biggest values of last year, though. I, I do think he might have had a second half splitty type of thing. Um, 137 games, 22 homers, 95 runs, but only 78 RBIs. Only one of the guys in this tier with a 400 OBP. Salvi played enough first to qualify, but you're going to draft him as a catcher. 23 homers, 80 RBI. Alec Bohm hitting 274, 20 homers. It's kind of underwhelming, but 97 RBI. So I'm another not- guy that you're taking at third, though. You, know? you, you are taking at third. You're right. Vinny Pasquantino, probably the most difficult. 247, nine homers in 61 games. Isak Paredes probably taking at third base, 31 homers, 98 RBI with a 250 average. And Nathaniel Lowe, 17 homers, but 89 runs, 82 RBI with a 189. So this spans around 50 picks, and that's seven first basemen. But what are a few of the interesting uh, splits and notes that you want to throw in? Yeah, we had three big home away splits in this category. No surprise that CES is in here. 296 at home, 243 on the road. Great American Small Park ended up with a 270 average, which is probably what you can expect uh, moving forward. Yandy Diaz, 363 at home, 297 away. So it's almost hitting 300 away, but 363 at home. Much, much better. And Yandy Diaz, fifth in average exit velo, 10th in hard hit percentage as well at 54%. Just a great year. One of those guys that you mentioned, kind of like right after draft season, you're like, man, I saw him. He was enormous. I knew I should have ranked him higher. And he got out to a hot start as well. So, um, and then Vinny Pascantino, uh, 225, 270 on the road. So home away, another big split for him. And then, um, Isak, like Isak, you look at his numbers, especially on StatCast, they look good, but 344 out of 403 uh, qualified batters in max EV and 370 in hard hit percentage at 28.5%. Usually the Rays do a better job of putting these guys uh, in line to be successful, but obviously he had all the thump this year with the 31 bombs. So um, just a couple nice news and notes there. Yeah, he definitely, um, Paredes is kind of an oddity. A a couple additional things I can add in here. Pasquantino, I think is really interesting. Obviously, he's like elite level uh, approach from a batting average standpoint too. He had a 90.8% in zone contact percentage, which actually would have ranked him if he qualified at 11th overall in baseball. Overall, which is crazy. The things I just haven't loved is... He's he still hasn't posted a 200 ISO. And again, I do want to point out like he's almost put up a full season over two years, but those numbers don't translate very well. Over 133 games, he has 19 homers and a 272 batting average. That's not great. Hard hit percentage fell year over year, and he didn't eclipse a 110 max EV. I'm 
I'm indifferent. The, the problem is, is he's dirt cheap. He's dirt cheap. But like, you know, where he was this year's Casas, probably I think that's probably a fair comparison as I'm looking at these guys. He's like the version of Casas this year. There's just not a lot of like elite level uh, underlying things that are supportive of, of Pasquantino. Bohm, I also think is relatively uninspiring. The hard hit number, just the quality of contact is not there. There's a it's, a, it's a real big, interesting group here because the only guy that had 30 plus homers, or I guess if I'm looking at this would have even like really projected out is Paredes with just like, not good <laughs> the not good hard hit numbers right. like you mentioned which is not great and i'm very much uh out on uh on nate low another one of those guys that's like he's trying to transform himself as a hitter he had a really high walk rate 12 and a half percent which was top 10 percentile he lowered his chase rate which was great but his hard hit percentage has lowered for three straight years it's down to 41.6 and as uh of qualified first baseman 6.5% barrel rate, which would have been 35 of 45. So, I mean, you know, I've shown you three decent me, ones, by the way, but low barrel rates on first baseman aren't like my favorite thing, especially when they're not accompanied by like hard hit. I want to ask you this one, considering guys in the same tier, in the same range, and maybe these guys, by the time we get to actual draft season and all that stuff, and you're doing your real drafts and not just NFBC draft and holds and that kind of stuff, uh, the tiers can change and stuff like that. But Looking at Lowe, who is working through it, as you basically said right there, uh, would you rather take Lowe knowing that the guys around him give him a significant boost or Pasquantino, who is also working through a little bit, probably a better overall hitter than Nate Lowe anyway, but the lineup is not doing him any favors. So you trust Pasquantino more as a hitter and a player, but the lineup is much better for low. If you're splitting hairs, we'll just use that as an example. If you want to, in general, you can, but who would you rather have right now between those two guys for this? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting again, that's it's, this is more, this is very player debating. This is yeah, what we do, which we're right? not doing for the profiles, but like to your point, I get where you're going. I get where you're going with actually I think they're pretty similar players. Sure. Sure. Like maybe it's the problem is it's like I wanted to pick on Low because Low like struggled pretty hard against lefties, but he played all the games over 700 plate appearances, and I wonder like, you know, could that be in a position where he starts? There's any platoon, but like so did Pasquantino. He hit 233 against lefties this past year, and the lineup is really bad. I feel like when you're dealing with those two kind of black players, I'd rather, I'd rather take the risk on the upside of Pasquantino, but there's, there's more safety. You're right. I mean, that's, a, that's the only thing that's holding Lowe's value right now is those right. running RBIs, which you go on the third scoring team. And he's got to stay in that same yeah. uh, hitting spot as well. Cause I think he hit cleanup for a big chunk of the year, didn't he? Or what did he hit last year? Uh, yeah. He was hitting, I think cleanup a decent like amount. Sticks. Let's see. But yeah, he ended, he got pushed to like fifth or sixth, and that was kind of part of his problem. And I don't think that changes a lot this coming year because Evan Carter probably hits three, most likely. And God, knows oh my God, Langford. So he hit third for 144 games, Nate Lowe did. And he's um, not hitting third. Yeah, he's definitely not hitting third this year. He hit fifth uh, 11 times. And in the playoffs, we saw him drop to like four or five. So was not hitting third a lot. Obviously, that was 
Who was hitting? Th- Carter hit. Adolis. Well, Carter and Adolis were both hitting. Adolis uh, hit cleanup. Yeah, and Lowe hit five. But they would move between. Six. Yeah, yeah. And, and they they actually batted Carter uh, cleanup in the World Series game that I went to, the first World Series game I went to. So, right. you know, you're probably looking at five. So I think RBI opportunities move down a tiny bit. There also might be a platoon with Evan Carter, which, you know, that doesn't help Nate Lowe at all if right. they're hitting a lefty out. So. I don't think you're going to see, I think the RBI opportunities move down, but also pointing out like Vinny hasn't inspired a whole bunch outside of being just like an elite contact hitter, which I don't think that's what low is like Pasquantino is an elite contact hitter. And that's just the slight advantage. If we're talking uh, like ranks or something and our last tier first baseman will profile here. This takes us 200 to 300. Looks like there's like nine first baseman, Andrew Vaughn. Well, I actually kind of like, uh, 152 games, 21 homers, hit 258, had 80 RBI, about a 314 OBP. Reese Hoskins, who did not play this past year, decent power numbers, average usually stinks. Ryan Mountcastle, 270, 18 homers, 68 RBI. How about Justin Turner? Hit 276, 23 homers, did actually play more primary first base than third base, 83 RBI with 61 runs. Uh, but only a 300 OBP. We had Brandon Drury, a very surprising of this tier, the most homers, 26 homers with 83 RBI hitting 262, probably going to hit more prominent. Jose Abreu, one of the biggest disappointments, 18 homers, but 90 RBI still. While Dude, only I thought, uh, looking at his numbers, I thought we were going to see like this big second half versus his bad first half. It was like one month that he was really good. He's hit more homers in the second half, but yeah. The whole year was just kind of meh, and he still ended up with 90 RBI because the Astros lineup is so good. The last two, uh, last three, Jose, uh, Josh Bell, 22 homers, 74 RBI, 247 batting average, did pick it up uh, once he got traded. Candelario ended up with 22 homers, 77 runs, 70 RBI, eight stolen bases. And Anthony Rizzo was a big struggle, 12 homers in 99 games, hitting only 244. Uh, what uh, notes do you want to throw out on these guys? I mean, Rizzo just had a bad year. Uh, splits all the way around. Home and away was a 100-point difference, 288 to 188. Lefty-righty was 333 to 220 versus lefties, surprisingly. And he ended terribly. Uh, 177, 215, and a 242 slug was awful. So uh, he's going to have to, like, I don't think that he's even on my board in terms of draftable players until I see him play. So I just don't. I want to wait until spring training before I do anything with Rizzo. Mount Castle also, uh, he at least uh, finished nice, 322, 404, 489. Um, his lefty-righty splits were big, 338 versus 235. And first half, second half, 230 versus 322. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at Fidelity.com slash Stocks by the Slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Can't believe what fell. All your dreams, just pops down the drain. Let's play some in this league. Matt Mervis and Hayden McGeary are both players to pay attention to that could get some playing time. Um, I would not discount that. And we didn't mention because he didn't qualify at first, but Joey Manessis. Um, might end up playing first for Washington, but he only qualifies at Util on um, on NFBC as of right now. So yeah, uh, j- I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm just yeah. So at the end, that's through. your big first base profile. You want to bet on a prospect? It's Manzardo and Shanwell. If you uh, want to play the big numbers, we've kind of laid it out for you. You know, your safety is obviously near the top. I think this position, this position, at least from a profile perspective looks pretty heavily weighted with some good middle bets to make uh, safety, if you will. And then you're taking bigger shots as you go down deeper. I guess that's every position for the most part, but there is a pretty clear drop off once you get outside the top 12. So um, do as you will with it. Chasing power is a much, much bigger question this isn't ranks. These are profiles, baby. So you guys make your decisions on what we laid out for you. And hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Coming up next, second base profiles as we move through the middle infield. That'll be next up next week right here on ITL. So hopefully you guys tune in for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever podcasts are listened to for you. Spotify, iHeart, whatever. Make sure you're subscribed to it. Give a rate and review if you'd like. And come and check us out over on the Patreon in this league.com. That'll take you there. You can sign up today. We will, over the next month, there's really a lot going on over the next month. Uh, Christmas special, ranks, all that type of stuff. So we hope to have you, and you can know that you are supporting us. Baseball, the life force of ITL, whether it's prospects, dynasty, redraft, whatever it is, we got your back, and hopefully it is helpful. Have a happy holidays. That's all we got. Is it the Welsh Bogman Sports? Talk to you next time right here on ITL. Soil. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all-new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.